So for him, for someone like Judd Apatow, like to do to say, oh, he could have killed him. To put what Will Smith did on the same continuum as murder is insane. <laughs> and it was a and it was a clear like I get it if he's if he stands over him and he's punching him mercilessly. Yes, mm -hmm. he could have killed him. I have yeah. never known a person to die from a slap. Yeah. So yeah. So that th that being said, like um, yeah, I, I think the most interesting thing about all of this to me has been how people are responding and or not responding to this because i feel like there's a lot of people who are not as willing to be so um uh intellectually dishonest with themselves and yeah. i think there are a lot of people who you know f feel incentivized because they're in hollywood or whatever because the internet to condemn the violence but haven't said anything about that because they know in their heart of hearts they would they either would have done something similar or have told their spouse or have or have decided, you know, at some point that that's something that they would do. Um, so I think I think it's it's been interesting to see how people are responding to this. And, and and there's a lot of people who are usually have a lot to say about everything who are very quiet on this issue, which I think is very interesting Man, and hilarious. I've seen a tweet that um, have you ever seen the 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 the. Um the meme of it's Squidward with his eyes closed and then, it, and then Squidward <laughs> yeah. next to him with his eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. And it was like, this is Hollywood actors and directors when their friends or peers commit countless sex crimes versus when they see someone get slapped one time. Right. And I'm like, man, it's just crazy how like what we see people put up with all because that's their friend mm -hmm. or because of the art or whatever, but they saw a guy get slapped on the stage and all of a sudden that's just so horrible. Like I've been seeing people call that assault and that Chris should Chris should mm -hmm. sue him for somebody said a hundred million. And I'm like, what are you where are y'all from that you mm -hmm. haven't seen someone get slapped because they said something crazy about somebody? Listen to my dad talk. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a conversation podcast. This is episode 30. I am your host, Antonio, and we have with us today a, I would call him uh, a, a guest, but <laughs> he has been on multiple times, so I will call him a, a, a regular. But we have Asan Williams with us back today. Asan comes from the weekly regular podcast. He is also a drummer, a DJ. Asan, how are you doing today? I'm good, bro. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I have um, opinions, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Unsolicited opinions at that. Mm -hmm. Those are the best kind. But I'm actually going to try to drop this today. So what you are hearing is on Monday. This is Monday the 28th. And this is the day after. Uh, mm -hmm. We have just experienced, if you will, the 94th um, Academy Awards ceremony, the 2022 Oscars award show. The day after. And before I go any further, I want to try something different. I want to play a game. Okay. I want to see how long we can go on 
talking about the Oscars without talking about the event. <laughs> that is what I'm going to call this. Uh, that's what I'm going to call what happened last night from uh, now going on. I'm just going to call it the event. <laughs> okay. But for those of you who are listening, I will have something to say about the event. Mm-hmm. I will be I will be saying something about that. So uh yeah. That's gonna come a little bit later. But uh first, this was the ninety fourth Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Um it was uh shoot, I don't remember where it was. This wasn't which theater it was it? It wasn't in LA? It was in LA. I can't I'm trying to think okay. of what theater it was. It uh, was a huge step up from last year. Cause last year I believe it was at um Union Station. Yeah, yeah. It was during COVID and it was like yeah. really scaled down too. Yeah, they they Oh, I, it was the the Dolby Theater. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. Dolby Theater. Um it it was a it was closer to normal although they did still have it different. It still seemed like a slightly smaller audience. Mm-hmm. And they had a section in the front that seemed to be a little bit more sectioned off for people who were presenters or people who were up for some of the major awards. But overall, right. it was a slightly smaller venue, but still a lot larger than last year and what felt the closest to normal. Now, what was better than last year, for sure, were the ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, the early uh, Nielsen ratings released today are showing that it was a 56 improvement there, uh, from last year. There, was, there were 15.4 million viewers on ABC. And that mm-hmm. was a fifty cent improvement, fifty percent improvement mm-hmm. on uh, the ninety six million people who watched last year. Mm-hmm. So it's still on the um, low side of like Oscars all time. I think there were like some Oscars that were up in like, like you were getting like fifty or sixty million people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say it was a step up. What was your overall thoughts outside of the bizarre? Let's say. Prior to the event, let's just call it the event. Prior to the event, what were your, th- or did you get to, were you watching it live? So I, I didn't get a chance to watch it live. I um I was traveling back from Chicago when it was airing. So oh, I was okay. on a plane the entire time. Okay. Yeah, but I, I did get a chance to look at uh over like a list of the the winners. And then I obviously saw a lot of the, the headlines and news coverage afterwards. So I would definitely say. I I am not like the right wingers who are so easily turned off by politics having a mm-hmm. prevalent stand, you know place at the Oscars. I feel like, hey, mm-hmm. this is a chance you get, so talk talk your talk, whatever. It, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like whatever. <laughs> but I will say this. And it could just it could really just be a testament to how polarizing 45 really was, because mm-hmm. outside of a few um, Ukraine mentions or Ukrainian ref- refugee mentions, there really wasn't much political, actually, though there mm-hmm. was one notable j- jab at Florida. They did mm-hmm. mention, I forget this. Oh, so we had, so they had the, um, 
So this was the first year, I believe, that they had a like a a a, a mm. host, but they had hosts. Right. So they had three um, three women hosting the Oscars. We had uh, Wanda Sykes, um, Regina Hall, and Amy Schumer. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, I think they did pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. There was a good balance of the three of them. There was a, they opened, they had their open monologue together. And mm-hmm. then there were a couple times throughout the rest of the show that they had little bits together, but they also had times where they themselves just kind of had the, the stage to themselves to kind of give little mini monologues and kind of keep the show going. And um, uh, I thought they did pretty good. Uh, but there was one point at the beginning where they were mentioning that um, Florida will be watching. And so mm-hmm. they were like, we hope we have a very good Oscars this year. And they were like, and though for those of you in Florida, they were like, we're hoping to have a really gay Oscar. And then they just all kept <laughs> saying gay, 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 gay. So there are a couple mm-hmm. things that were pointed towards actual specific things. But for the most part, it seemed a little bit more lighthearted, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is ironic, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, given given what we're going to talk about tonight. But right. <laughs> I, th- I think I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. So, okay, so let me ask you, just in awards in general, mm-hmm. I know you're on the music side, so you, you're, you are an artist, so there's a little bit, you might view these things a little bit different than the mm-hmm. casual viewer. But what mm-hmm. typically are you expecting when you are watching an award show? Any award show? Um, yeah, I'm I'm watching the award show uh, to see uh, uh, candid celebrity moments. I mean, which of course we we get in any award show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm watching specifically for like the Oscars. I'm definitely watching to see. Um, I'm 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 looking at the Oscars to see like where like what the cinematic community is like praising and cuz that often will like tell you where sort of the the landscape of movies is going for like the the following year. Yeah. Um I'm looking for good musical performances. Um uh, I'm looking to see what people have on. That's first and foremost I think is to look and see how people are dressed and what they're showing up in. And uh yeah. So those those are like the main things I'm looking for when I watch an award show. I would have to say, um, having watched the entire telecast, that mm-hmm. they pretty much checked all of your boxes. <laughs> um, That's good to know. Emphasis on the um, on the uh, candid candid moments. Yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, so uh, it opened with a Beyonce performance, which wasn't live. It was actually recorded, I think, last week. But it was recorded okay. actually at the tennis courts in Compton that Venus and Serena used to practice at. Oh, wow. So they had a nice little moment where um, they're on the court. Everybody is dressed in that tennis ball green, and they're mm-hmm. performing the song that Beyonce was uh, nominated for, uh, for the original song for King Richard. So they, gotcha. op- they opened with that number. They had two numbers from Encanto. You know, that was the yeah that was the movie uh-huh. of the year, the... Uh, at least the animated movie of the year. So they had two from mm-hmm. that. Um, they actually had the, we don't talk about Bruno song. 
mm-hmm. and um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, uh, Billie Eilish performed the um, James the Bond James theme Bond song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I could be. I think I'm missing one. Okay. One more, but I can't really recall. So performances were good. Um. Okay, so I didn't get to ask you this. Hey, hey, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Pause, uh-huh. pause all of this, all of this Oscar talk. I gotta do a okay. little, little, little housekeeping. Rewind. Have you watched uh-huh. the Batman? Of course. Okay, I need your thoughts. <laughs> um, man, how long do you have? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, in in short, in short, I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed it. It's probably, it's probably my second favorite Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so far uh, of the live action ones, yeah. um, uh, because it, and I only say that be, and, and the reason it's second for me is because when I, like when I talk about my favorite movies, like rewatchability is, a is a main factor for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, while I can see myself rewatching this movie and I plan to, um, I, I, I don't think it will, I don't think I'll rewatch it more than I will say the dark Knight. Yeah. Um, just because dark Knight I feel like is a tighter movie and it's not three hours long. And there's, I think, uh, Dark Knight has just more, just for the Joker scenes alone, has more rewatchability um, uh, to it. But that being said, uh, I really loved the Batman. I I liked what they were doing with it. Like I liked the tone. I liked the the choices that they made. Um, I think it's the best Batmobile of of all time. It's, it's um, fantastic. Well, I will at least say it's the best Batman mobile uh, reveal. <laughs> For sure, that was yeah. That that sequence <laughs> it was, was amazing. fantastic. Yeah, uh, I loved Robert Pattinson in the role. I thought yes. he he's probably the best Batman, um, <sighs> in my opinion, uh, by far. Um, I think he he's the only Batman. He's the only actor to me that's played Batman that feels more at home in the suit than yeah. he does um, outside of the suit. And so for for my money, it's like he's that. I mean, that's what you want out of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I loved, I loved it. I thought everything was great. The only, I think it was too long. I think they tried to do a little too much in the third act. I think the movie could have, um, it could have used another pass of the script and they could have lost 30 minutes of the movie that I think wouldn't have hurt it. And I think it would have helped it. Um, cause it, it did kind of lose focus in the third act to me. Um, I think they should have picked one of the villains and, and really focused. Um, uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, I, I, I love the movie. I, yeah, I loved it a lot. What did you think? Yeah, I, I, it's up there. It's hard for me to to leapfrog the Dark Knight. It just, it's just, mm-hmm. and and I know, obviously, I, I'm not, I'm not giving the movie a pass. I mean, it's a great mm-hmm. movie, but then when you couple that with the performance we got from Heath Ledger and him passing, mm-hmm. it's just a movie that's just cemented. So Mm -hmm. to me, it's not a knock to not be better than that movie. Like it's okay. No, not at all. It's okay if you have a superhero movie that's not better than The Dark Knight. But one of the things that I will say, it's it's the one nod that I do give over The Dark Knight, and I I was thinking about this watching it. Is it is probably the most grounded superhero movie I've ever seen. Mm Hmm. Like. Sure, it could happen, but it's not likely that a man is going to be running around in a clown suit and he's going to take control of like two boats and have them blow each other up or blow up a large hospital. Like these are things that are 
probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But just a little bit over a year ago, we had a incident <laughs> occur at our nation's mm-hmm. capital that was pretty much organized in the same way that the mm-hmm. climactic scene in this movie was organized. And mm-hmm. it and it was led by a character that was not like a superhero person, a super crazy person, but just a guy that's upset with his government mm-hmm. <laughs> and and sought to uncover the uh, uh, corruption, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I feel like you could just take out Gotham and throw in America. So it, mm-hmm. it everything about it felt like obviously other than Batman. <laughs> felt like right yeah this 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 could happen like this you know this seems like this fits in a normal narrative and if Uh even if it wasn't batman like this would just be a normal crime movie you know and it would Mm -hmm. still i think work i agree with you about robert i i owe him an apology i was worried and even when there was (laughs) there was a um an interview where he mentioned being inspired by Kurt Cobain and I was like oh no (laughs) what are we doing and I have to say Mm -hmm. he's the most menacing Batman Mm -hmm. every every time he's on screen and this is it's 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 probably not fair to Christian Bale but Mm -hmm. a lot of times when Christian Bale's on screen there's usually somebody better than him on screen or someone that's kind of stealing the show just because of the, I mean, he was surrounded by a bunch of really, really good actors. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not, it's not a knock to have Morgan Freeman outdo you on screen, but those are the <laughs> types of people that he was, right. you know, next to. And then of course Heath Ledger, but I felt like every time Batman was on screen, he was the guy and how he walked through crime scenes where it just seemed like he towered over all of the other cops and, he, mm-hmm. The way he moved, which was like slow, methodical. And probably the best thing to me is that we finally got the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. Like we actually got a guy and it was set up perfectly with the Riddler. That's essentially laying out breadcrumbs and it's up to Batman to solve the solve the crime, you know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I loved it. I love the Riddler. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I I don't know if I would say it was too long, but I definitely felt like there were like four or five times where had the movie ended, I wouldn't have been upset. And Mm -hmm. when I tell people, like if they ask me how long it is and how it feels, I'm like, it's three hours and it feels like three hours. You know, like some movies Mm -hmm. don't feel quite like three hours. This movie feels like three hours, but Mm -hmm. um, I don't ever really recall... being out of it even though i'm like okay this could have ended you know i was still there i was still you know so and Mm -hmm. um yeah zoe as a Catwoman. i think everybody everybody played their characters to me as well as you could have played them and shout out to the makeup team that made colin farrell unrecognizable because i couldn't even tell Mm -hmm. that that was him but so I'll use uh, this superhero as a segue back into the Oscars. Sure. What is your opinion on the idea that 
you can argue that over the last couple years, it has been superhero movies that have been keeping the movie industry afloat. Mm -hmm. And yet there is a very noticeable and almost purpose purposeful. Um, what do I, how do I say it? It seems like they're going, they go out of their way not to notice the movies that are keeping theaters open that are keeping the the industry afloat, that are keeping studios going, but yet they can't seem to get their credit time in the in the sun um, at these award shows. What what's your opinion about that? Yeah, so I used to be much more on the side of uh, to hell with the Oscars. Like yeah. it's 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 whack for them to like not recognize you know big you know, uh, you know, big spectacle movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I think I, you know, I've come to have a little bit more of a nuanced opinion because I, I think they're like, I think what the, I don't think it's, I don't think the Oscars are necessarily intentionally not recognizing big spectacle movies maliciously. I think it, it's probably more of a complicated mix of incentives and motives. I think, the academy sees itself as a the academy the academy sees the oscars the award show as an opportunity to um recognize you know i mean it's in the the name of the awards you know it's 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 there to recognize uh outstanding achievement in certain categories and i think built into that i think there is this sort of noble goal to recognize things that that didn't that you might not know otherwise uh to the general public it's it's in a lot of ways uh oscars the oscars are a marketing tool and i think that they a lot of times will give oscars to smaller movies um that have outstanding achievements because i mean quite frankly an outstanding achievement in a smaller movie no one's ever heard of um a lot of times within that context it is more of an outstanding achievement to pull that off uh, in in a small budget movie that was made for a million dollars or ten million dollars or twenty million dollars versus a movie where you know it's Disney and they've got two they've got endless pockets and the, you know two hundred fifty dollar uh, two hundred fifty million dollar production budget the best actors in the world of course you're going to get uh, everybody in those projects are going to achieve great things you come to expect that if you're spending two hundred million dollars so I get I get why you would want to give it to um, a smaller movie you'd want to recognize the performance out of an actor maybe no one's heard of um, uh, versus giving it to but the, but then you know but there are counter examples of that where like I think other incentives to like sort of placate big celebrities or to get them to show up um, often goes with that too I mean Meryl Streep has won how many Academy Awards um, so that being said I think there's a delicate dance and I, I think doing the fan favorite category um is is to me feels a little bit um patronizing um that's ex- that was that would be the word that the exact word i would use yeah i yeah. think um i think the better way to go about it and this and this this may be this may or may not be controversial i don't know i'm just thinking about it off the cuff maybe if you had um uh if you had a if you separated the categories by like um by like divisions 
the same way that like college sports are where really because in college sports what really dictates your division is the size of your school um for the most part there are other factors but um it really is like traditionally it comes down to the size of the school you have a student body over a certain number you're you're you qualify for this division that way you don't get um big powerhouse schools with thousands of students to choose from beating up little private schools that only have a couple hundred kids to, to choose from. And I think there might be something that needs to happen that way with the Oscars. You could maybe do, you know, you could have the, um, whatever division, you know what I mean? D- division one, you can find your name for it. That doesn't feel, um, you know, like you're undermining smaller stuff, but you could have division one and have your division two where your division one movies are the big budget, you know, $200 million production budgets and up movies. And then you have your, you know, you can do the divisions that way. And then you can have a, a secondary division where it's, um, uh, a hundred million uh, or 200 is like, maybe it's a hundred million or less or whatever you, I think you get where I'm going. But I think, um, if you were to do that, I think you could, uh, recognize achieve outstanding achievements in both uh, both sectors without having to sacrifice one for the other because i think there are there there are times that come around where um certain performances should definitely like i don't know if he was or not um but uh you know i totally could see a world where uh colin farrell is nominated for best supporting actor in the batman um it's, it's likely to not happen because he has to compete against, you know, uh, films that are smaller budget. And so they're kind of underdogs that you want to root for. And you kind of are incentivized to give them the award rather than the big movie star in the $200 million movie. So I think if you could present the award show in a way that sort of takes the amount of takes those kind of incentives away, like to give it to the underdog. Um, and just really honor the exceed, the uh, excellent achievements, regardless of, of the circumstance. I think that's the way to go. And, you know, I don't have all the answers, but um, I think the powers that be know um, the value that big blockbuster movies hold. And I think that COVID uh, made that, I mean, expressly clear to everyone. And so I think they they do have a due diligence to honor those movies um, outside of just, you know, best visual effects and, you know, um, the technical awards, as they call them. Um, but, yeah, so that's my thoughts on that. I I also tend to lean more towards your initial stance. And when mm-hmm. I mean recognition, I don't even necessarily mean nominations. So, like, for example, last night, and primarily because I think it was the 60-year anniversary, they had, um, and I think this was right before they had Billie Eilish go up and do um, her performance, the James Bond performance, the song, mm-hmm. and and they had like a um, a, uh, a like a montage. By the way, I'm for more montages at the Oscars. I wish they would like triple the amount of montages. Like we're here to. Mm-hmm. celebrate motion pictures and there were points when it felt like is this is this a movie um award show or you know because there was more comedy and music happening at one point and i was like okay so what about the movies but mm-hmm. even something like hey let's show put together a little three two minute you know mashup of the superhero movies that came out this year because they mm-hmm. are still movies 
they did still happen. And this is me one thinking of as an as an as an artist and the people who are involved in those movies who feel like the work that they're doing is not being given the same amount of credit in the same way that a comedy wouldn't be given wouldn't be thought of um as seriously even though in my opinion i think in some cases it's more difficult to do comedy and we've mm-hmm. seen some incredible comedic performances that could not be duplicated in the same way that some dramatic performances we could find four or five other people who could do that performance just as good and um so it, it kind of gets slighted because of its genre but i mm-hmm. also understand and when this is another question i'm going to ask next in that they're they are clearly making choices based off of ratings because they cut a series of well they didn't cut out all the awards but they pre-recorded mm-hmm. awards uh, right. Basically, awards. Essentially, the metric was they were paying attention last year to the times in which people were watching more and when they weren't. Obviously, more people are tuning in towards the end because they want to know the big winners. So the quote small winners, I even hate using that term, um, mm-hmm. uh, are up. Those are the ones where it seemed like ratings went down. So then they were like, let's just pre-record these. And then just mm-hmm. the way they did them, as you can tell, like the the reactions weren't even live reactions. They were just some celebrity laughed and then they just <laughs> threw them in to make it seem like it actually happened. But clearly you could tell that that wasn't a person that got that true live moment like their other colleagues did. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you want those people too i mean you just think about the amount of people who went to watch some of these movies and how maybe those people might be enticed to watch this if they felt like the movies that they loved this year um got a chance i mean when the encanto parts came up my son came running in the room because a movie that was relevant to him is now being showcased and Mm -hmm. i feel like on a larger scale that's what could happen even if you yeah, and again, because it doesn't have to be an award, because I don't think you should give them. Like you said, I think it's patronizing to just say, hey, "Here you go, you know, take this nomination." When you know there's no chance they're gonna win, I don't. I don't think there was any superhero movie that came out last year that would have that should have been Best Picture. I know some people who would disagree with me, and they would think maybe Spider Man should have been there or something. But mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't feel like anybody was slighted in this sense, but just like acting as if they don't exist to me. It, it felt like the only time you even mentioned any superhero movies was when they did the fan vote. And to me, that kind of mm-hmm. feels like it almost made it seem like a, like a little JV award. You know, like, mm-hmm. here's your participation trophy. <laughs> you know, thanks for being a movie this year, but you're not considered with the other serious movies or whatever. So I don't know. That's mm-hmm. that's just kind of how I saw it there. But let me um, speaking of these winners, did you get a chance to see Dune? Yeah, I did. I saw Dune when it came out. I saw it in theaters. When when I finished watching it, I'm not trying to call myself a profiter or anything, but I was like, this mm-hmm. movie's going to clean up a lot of those um, visual and sound mm-hmm. awards. And yeah. they did. They won Best Sound, Best Product Design, pro- Production Design, Film Editing, uh, mm-hmm. Cinematography, Best Score, and best visual effects. 
So they by mm -hmm. far won the most. I thought that Power of the Dog would get a whole lot more um, mm -hmm. recognition only because of how much they were talked about, but they only got uh, Best Director for Jane Campion. Mm -hmm. But um, were there any winners that you were shocked about? Um, not shocked. I, I, I hadn't heard of Coda. Oh, you, okay. I didn't, yeah. that, that was the one that won best, um, best picture. Film, yeah. I hadn't, yeah, I had never heard of that movie before. So I w I was surprised to see that. Um, but that didn't, um, I wasn't shocked to see that. Um, uh, uh, what, what is surprising about that is it was the first streaming service movie to win best picture. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Um, and it might say something about the future of the Oscars because I know technically to be um, nominated for an Academy Award, you have to have a theatrical release. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if this changes that. Cause I, I mean, I'm assuming Coda had some kind of like one day only or like one weekend only. And that's thing. all you have to have, I think. Right. You only have to be in a couple theaters for maybe a couple days. And that's and that's right. pretty much it. And so I'm wondering if they'll if if that is like if this is like the first of a, a a change in direction to that and where you could just have a a straight to Netflix movie nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Um, I personally wouldn't. I'm not a film or cinema purist, so I wouldn't I wouldn't have an issue with that. Like I don't see why there's anything wrong with, because um, to me, saying you have to have a theatrical release to be nominated feels like something they would have said. You know when digital. Uh, cameras came around they're like no you got to shoot it on film yeah. to me it just seems like a, a, a moot point if a movie is good and there's an outstanding achievement no matter where it's released i think it should be eligible for nomination that's just that's just my opinion well the um, opposite what, do you agree with that well yeah as, as someone who shoots and stuff I, like that I, to me i feel like if you make a movie and it's worthy of recognition is worthy of recognition right. i mean even the nominations itself kind of shows that. Well, one, the the one point that's kind of, I don't even know if it's counter to yours, it's just a different way of looking at it, is that only mm -hmm. three of the ten movies were um, straight to straight to streaming movies. And that was mm -hmm. Coda, Dune, and King Richard. The rest of the other ones had theatrical releases first. Mm -hmm. And almost none of these movies, which is another interesting thing, did great in the theater. Right. So it seemed like I don't know if that was an intentional thing to go after movies that both had more of a theater life and not necessarily picking movies just because they did well in the box office. Because um, that's what yeah. that's what initially stuck out to me is that none of these things did well. If you look at the top grossing movies of this year, I don't even know if any of these make the top five. But, uh, <laughs> right. And I think that's that's where the, the marketing side of the Oscars comes in, because I think it's a uh, you want, you know, a, more people are going to go see King Richard and Coda and those movies and stuff now that they have won Oscars. Um, and, and that's ultimately what the industry wants, like the industry, you know, everyone's going to go see Avengers regardless. But the industry, you know, the people who make these movies and are in these movies don't want it to be a thing where like movie studios only fund movies that are going to make a billion dollars. And, and, you know, if the Academy Awards can help people, you know, can help convince people to go and spend their money to see smaller movies and maybe like more of those smaller movies can get made, which I, I'm in, I'm definitely in favor of because you don't want to have to have an Avengers 
script in order to get that script made. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you want to be able to walk in there with your small family drama about a deaf guy or whatever code is about. I haven't, read, I haven't seen the movie, but you want to be able to walk in there with, with that, you know, and be able to um, get that story made just off the merit of the story um, versus, you know, are, are you going to make a billion dollars with this story? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I believe CODA actually stands for, um, child of death of deaf deaf adults adults yeah right yeah so yeah mm-hmm. um yeah okay so i just looked it up the highest grossing movie of the best of the movies that got nominated was dune and yeah. dune is dune is 13th on the list dune was nominated for uh best picture yes oh that's interesting which was absolutely mind-blowing to me because dune uh-huh. gets nominated for let me go down the list. Best Picture. Mm-hmm. They get nominated mm-hmm. for um, Adapted Screenplay, Hair and Makeup, Visual Effects, mm-hmm. Original Score, Cinematography, Costume Design, Film Editing, Production Design, Sound, and yet does not get a Best Director nod. Yeah, that's so I make I'm- a movie <laughs> that you think is one of the 10 best movies of the year. Yeah. I am the person that quarterbacks all of the departments that you decided to also award. And yet Uh for my labors, Uh my ability to, to, to handle these different groups, to bring all these people together and create a spectacle. I don't get a best director nod. Yeah, that is interesting. That is a that's weird. It's weird that that is the case. Um, but it's probably just a logistical thing to where like we have a certain number of director nominees we can give out, and you know, um, I think Denny Villeneuve may have won best director in the past uh, already, so they probably were just like, uh, you know, and and to be fair, if um if the award is outstanding achievement as a director, is and and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Is is what Denny Villeneuve, uh, what he pulled off in this movie as a director, is it an outstanding achievement for him? <laughs> I only, you know what? I only say it may not be. <laughs> I only say this, and maybe it's maybe it's not a fair uh, thing. But have you seen the first Dune? <laughs> I have. I saw for like anybody who could have who could take that and mm-hmm. make make an enjoyable movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I'm not. I'm not gonna hold but, you on that. But I mean, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I can understand both sides. I just assumed it with mm-hmm. like a movie like Power of the Dog, they cleaned right. up. They cleaned up with all the nominations, and they got nominated in multiple, in multiple areas. And again, that also leads to the part of this that you. It's harder to, it's harder to prove. But mm-hmm. having like watching these things over the year, we know happens is the, the 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 politic aspects of this mm-hmm. and you know sometimes it's like hey you've you've been around for a while you've already won so let's go ahead and give um you know let, let's try to mm-hmm. let's try to find someone else and i'm I, I can't say that they're doing this for sure and i don't even like it because i don't like the idea that a director might feel like they were only given award because they fit some um you know, some category. some category, some box to say, hey, we have a woman, we have someone who's, a, we have a foreigner, we have a trans director or something like that. Because I don't mm-hmm. want that to be um, the thing that, uh, of that takes not. away yeah. from them. But we know that these things happen. 
and that right. oftentimes people are giving kind of like their um you know lifetime achievement awards <laughs> like they've been doing this forever they haven't won and then finally they get one mhm speaking of that <laughs> i think we've i think we've i think we've gone long enough we've gone 38 minutes without talking <laughs> About uh, <laughs> yeah, we went a long time. Yeah, without talking about the event, I have an episode. It might have been a couple episodes ago where I talked about this is when they first dropped the nominations, and I felt for I felt for Mr. Smith only mm-hmm. because the last time Will was nominated for best film, it was twenty years ago when he was nominated for Ali. Movie was whatever, but his his performance as Ali was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And probably a year that he wins, he had Russell Crowe from, I want to say, maybe A Beautiful Mind that was up against him. Mm-hmm. I think he edges out Russell Crowe. But there was one other guy in the category with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Washington, who mm-hmm. had just given us his training day performance. Right. And it was like, I mean, it made me, it reminded me of like, like, like the Utah Jazz and like, like, like they're like the best, they're, they are the second best team in the league and they probably beat everybody else, mm-hmm. but they had to go up against Mike and therefore they never won. And 20 years later, after his performance of uh, King for in King Richard as Richard Williams, which I thought was another fantastic performance, here mm-hmm. he is again, pitted up against Denzel. Did you get a chance to see um, uh, Macbeth? No, I haven't seen Macbeth. I haven't seen King Richard either yet, for that matter. Oh, okay. I think, okay, King Richard is the... I don't, I don't, I'm not saying this to, as a, as a, as a knock, but mm-hmm. it is, it is the more digestible movie. It, it has mm-hmm. some, it has the tip, a lot of the typical common, easy to follow acts. Everything about it is something that, you know, most people are going to watch it and be able to understand it, follow it, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Macbeth is a full on uh it is a stage play. This is not like West Side Story which is slightly modernized and you know they are almost I actually pulled up the the the, the play Macbeth mm-hmm. as the movie was playing and they are almost word for word. So if you are not one that enjoys uh Shakespeare Mm-hmm. or follows that type of old english you know it might be mm-hmm. difficult to follow but i was very quickly reminded that denzel really is that guy and that the stage is actually where he came from because denzel was in his bag in that in that movie i mean he was he was acting his ass off mm-hmm. and though i didn't think denzel would win i actually thought um uh, what's my guy? Benedict would win. 
the power of the dog. That's the one I thought would actually win. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but though I didn't think Denzel would win, if he had won, I wouldn't have been shocked because his performance was great. So I'm like, here's Will again. He's he put up an Academy Award winning performance, but yet he's got to go up against some guys. Like this isn't just a wash. Right. And I know I was a lot of people felt like me. We were, we were worried for Will because. Who knows? It's been 20 years since your last nomination. Who knows if you ever get another one? You never know. Mm-hmm. And I was nervous for him. I was hoping he got there. And uh, at this point, the award show is moving smoothly. We're mm-hmm. about three-fourths of our way through the through the production. We're getting to... The, the 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 awards that everybody waits for, mm-hmm. and we had Chris Rock go up to present, and actually let me do it this way because I don't I don't want to overshadow him again. He was doing the presentation the the um he was going up to do the presentation for the best um uh, uh documentary, and shout out to Questlove. Because Quest Love was able to win for his Summer of Soul documentary, which was fantastic. Uh, shout out to him. I was super happy that he won. I was rooting for him too. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I gave him light. <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to I didn't want to <laughs> sh- cast shadow over him again, which is right. what happened last night. And so he was going to present that award or present, you know, yeah, present that award. And then he decides, as any comedian, I'm pretty sure they gave him the green light to, you know, you got a couple extra seconds. Go ahead and mm-hmm. throw out some, throw out some, 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 some jokes. And he's, you know, going. Interesting. So yeah. let me, let me, let me interject right here. So that that is interesting to me because I assumed from, again, I didn't watch the broadcast, so uh, I yeah, assumed yeah, yeah. Okay, from yeah. the clip yeah. that Chris Brock was hosting the Oscars. No, 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 no. This, that was gotcha. just one, one. So he he was so he, he went was, out of his way. He was just a presenter, and I'm pretty sure they're like, "Hey, you're Chris Rock." Instead right. of instead of maybe the normal thirty seconds that we give people, you got a minute. Go ahead and you know throw a couple jokes out, do your thing. Um, and gotcha. and and he was doing good. I mean, Chris Rock is funny. So yeah, Chris Rock is a legend. He brought some life. He brought some. It would kind of hit a dull point. He brought some life back in. Um, and um. Uh, Will and his wife Jada were sitting mm-hmm. pretty much front and center. The stage here was a little bit different than it used to be in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually, you'd have to walk up several steps to get up to the stage. The stage was a lot more separated from the crowd. Here, I could take four or five steps, and I'm off my seat, and I'm onto the stage. The stage only had one step. So you didn't take long for you to get there. You were pretty close. And he um uh sees Will, sees sees Jay. I think he acknowledged Will and that Will was being nominated, turns to Jada and then makes the joke um about her her being bald. Mm-hmm. And then uh okay, here's here's how we'll do this. <laughs> I'll tell you how that moment happened for me. And then I'm interested in knowing how you experienced it, having watched it secondhand. 
So I'm watching it and I'm like on my phone kind of, you know, doing doing my Twitter thing kind of, you know, like everybody else tweeting their live reactions to what's been going on so far. And um he makes a joke and I think he even says something like um like hey come on it wasn't even that bad. <laughs> you know, joking, people are laughing. It looks like Will is like giggling, but I can't I couldn't tell if that's like that you know, like you're on the spot, you know the camera's on you, so <laughs> like that type of thing. Jada is very visibly she's not feeling it. Like I don't even know if she smiled. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that put a battery in Will's back seeing his wife not looking happy, uh potentially mm-hmm. embarrassed maybe at at what was said. Uh Will walks up to the stage and appears my first thought was that it was a it was a fake slap mm-hmm. because the way Chris Rock's head moves too made me think like Chris is in on it like hey I'm gonna throw this jab you come up here like you're gonna fight me like that's what it felt like and then what happened was I was watching it actually with my in-laws so they had paused it and then rewound it back and then they pressed play again and then there was no, and so we saw it again. And then there was no audio. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe like it was like it was direct TV. Maybe there your dish mm-hmm. isn't working because like why don't I hear anything? Mm-hmm. And then the picture switches to Will, and Will you can't hear it because I guess they cut the audio. Will is yelling. I'm and I'm not going to. I'm going to yeah. quote him word for word. Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth and you mm-hmm. can clearly read his lips that is what he is saying he is mm-hmm. there is no mistaking that he is <laughs> that he is saying that and his face the intensity in which he's saying that made me then question wait is this a joke i felt i felt like it was a, at first i completely felt like it's a joke because he walked up there did it walked down and he's kind of doing his will walk and i'm just thinking ha, ha, ha okay this is a cool little bit and then they show his face, and that is a face of rage. Like, that is, that is, he is not a happy person. And then I couple that with Chris Rock's reaction, which seems like he doesn't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. I think he was in shock. Yeah. Like, what's going on? And then maybe a few minutes later, because, you know, Twitter is fast. Twitter does it, you know, Twitter, Twitter f- finds out everything first. Someone had posted a Japanese telecast, mm-hmm. which still has it in English, but they just have um, um, someone interpreting over a voiceover over. So you can still hear it and you hear the whole thing. He goes up there, slaps him. Chris Rock says, Will Smith just slapped me. Will says, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock says it was just a joke. He repeats it this time louder. <laughs> <laughs> Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Uh-huh. And then um Chris says, I will. And there's like an awkward pause. And then he goes to name the nominees for the best documentary. It was so crazy. It was so surreal. I didn't really understand what was happening. 
judging on my Twitter timeline, no one really knew what the hell was happening. I mean, and these are regular people, celebrities. Everybody seemed shocked. My face was literally uh, Lupita's face that you could see on the clip. Like, what's going on? <laughs> right. Like, is this real? Is this not? Uh, but t- like, what d- did you see the headline first and then watch, or were you just, hey, what's up with the Oscars? And that popped up. So no, so someone sent. So I will. I got off the plane to a, a bunch of notifications. Everybody ah. had sent me. Um, everybody. By the time I saw, like, by the time I got to my phone, the Japanese broadcast clip had gone around. So people ah, were sending okay, me the okay. the unedited clip. So the first time I saw it, it was the full raw video of what happened. So I had a very clear understanding of it right from the moment it happened, and I knew it wasn't fake. I yeah. knew it wasn't scripted. Um, and you, you can just tell when you can tell by everyone's reactions that it was not scripted, including will. Um, so yeah, that was my, that was how I came to the video. Okay. So Jada has been, she has her red table talk that she does Mm -hmm. with her mom and her daughter. Mm -hmm. I believe that's through Facebook, Mm -hmm. Facebook watch. And, um, we know over the years they've used that as a opportunity to clear the air. It's sometimes mm-hmm. shed light on things. They just use it as their time to, to speak. That seems to be what we're getting now via podcasts, via these type of shows is now, it seems like the celebrities are now having their opportunity to tell their stories because if we know anything is that if they don't, somebody will. And a lot of times they do it wrong, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or inaccurately. So, um recently she appeared uh with her head shaved and had had um had told everyone that she has a condition called alopecia i think mm-hmm. that's the pronunciation of it in which um you, you literally lose your hair mm-hmm. and on that particular episode there were there were emotions there were tears uh it, I mean, it's different for me. I, I mean, it doesn't matter to me if my hair falls out. I shave anyway. Mm-hmm. But I could imagine as a woman or even just as a person who loves their hair and then is just finding that over time and in a way that they can't stop, their hair is just falling out and there's nothing that you could do about it. And it's now at the point where you can't hide it with hairstyles outside mm-hmm. of like wigs and things like that. So you either make the choice. I'm just going to wear, I'm going to wear wigs or I'm just going to cut it and just rock with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was the choices she made. I don't know because I don't follow them like that, but I'm thinking this is one of the first major public appearances that she's making. And She's there and Chris gives this joke and the rest is history. So my mm-hmm. my first question to you is what was your reaction? What were your initial thoughts? Did you did you did you did you go to blame bl- blaming first? Did you, you know, what what how tell tell me about your your first uh, thoughts when you first saw it? Um I was just I was kind of just shocked it happened on TV. Yeah. Um just because you never, you you never, you never see that yeah. on TV. Um, I knew it was real from the moment it happened. 
Um, uh, I could tell by Will's form, by the way he slapped him, it was real. Um, and I was just kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe this just happened. I like, even in the moment, like I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't jump to any one side of it. Like I wasn't like, man, Chris Rock was wrong yeah. or Will Smith was wrong. I just kind of was just like shocked and taken <laughs> aback by the, yeah. the moment. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so that, that was my initial sort of reaction to it. I was just kind of in shock. Um, and kind of in disbelief, and and, and and I just had to laugh about it. You yes, know? I, I laughed a lot. I yeah, think I, I think it was less about what happened as much as it was where it happened. Right. Like, the, the what to me, and who knows, maybe, maybe I'm just, like, drastically underplay, underplaying this, but, like, what happened wasn't that big of a deal to me, I guess, because I've seen that before, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But it was just that it happened there and that the players involved were major players. And you typically mm-hmm. don't see that out of major players because they're always typically trying to keep up some type of public persona or mm-hmm. some, you know, so they're typically not going to react in a way that maybe you or I would react because we don't have the public eye on us. So we could respond in a very human, natural way, and chances are no one's going to know about it. In a, and and typically they can't. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, let me let me get the let me get my negatives out the way. Mm-hmm. I am if if I'm upset about anything, and I can't even use the word upset because I'm really not that upset about any of it. I, I kind of don't care that much. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I feel like in a week. Like, we're not even going to be talking about this. But the Mm -hmm. thing that probably has bothered me the most is there. I I can I can say this as as a filmmaker, the the Oscars is a place that you would love to be. Mm -hmm. And. At this point. Winning isn't even a thing that like I even care about. But like just the idea of being invited there, the idea of being mentioned in the same sentence as people that you respect and revere and having them call you a peer mm-hmm. and knowing what type of high it must be to be there and experience that. Mm-hmm. And then now to have that event be overshadowed by this. Like, mm-hmm. even when they ask you, you could have won an Academy Award, but the first question is probably not going to be, how does it feel to be an Academy Award winner? Now it's going to be, wow, what what do you think about Will and, and, and Chris, you know? Mm-hmm. And I felt really bad for, for Quest Love mm-hmm. because I thought that that was a moment that he should have had. And I know a lot of us, didn't even really get to give him that much attention because mm-hmm. I think at that point, a lot of people still didn't know what would he, what had even happened. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I hate that it overshadowed other people and I hate that it overshadowed Will. No one is, no one is talking about the fact that he won his first Academy Award and that it took 30, 40 years in the business to get one. That moment is now, 
and it's even more than that. It's not even just that he won. It's that he won while depicting a, a, a black man who raised his black daughters in Compton to be dominant sport. You know, like all of these things and all of these people involved. And, and, and that moment was then overshadowed by what happened. Mm-hmm. So that's that's number one. And probably the only major thing. Should he have done it? I think I don't know if there's anybody that says he absolutely should have done that. Mm-hmm. So let's get that out the way. Of course, he should have he should have held his composure mm-hmm. because of what was at stake. Mm-hmm. Now, and this is where the nuance of this comes into play while also believing that I don't think he should have done it, I 1,000% understand why he did it. Mm -hmm. 1,000% understand. And, like, unlike you, I was kind of forced to have an opinion because I was sitting with people and watching that who were, like, hurling insults at him that I didn't think were fair. Mm -hmm. And one of them, and I would like to know your take on was this the concept that because you are a celebrity that that means you should be able to be made fun of or ridiculed and that you should also have to take it like be, yeah. because you're a public figure <clears throat> you should be able to be disrespected but you also have to not respond right um <laughs> i am not a big fan of the notion that celebrities um, somehow are obligated to be more tolerant of verbal abuse um, or any kind of abuse or any kind of mistreatment or unfair treatment from strangers or their peers or anyone simply because they are famous. Um, being a public person uh, guarantees you you'll you'll have more of the public's attention than most random people. But that doesn't obligate you to to put up with uh, uh, or to tolerate more abuse than anyone else. I think that's for every individual to decide what their line is. And when, when people, whether they're strangers or peers or, or anything, when they cross that line for you, I think it is your right and your, um, your right as a person and as an individual to let people know when they're crossing that line. I'm not typically one to advocate for escalating things to violence uh, needlessly. Um, But I also am not uh, in the position to um, condemn uh, will for, uh, for feeling, feeling in that scenario that that was the only option he had Um, from an outsider looking in. I think he had other options to go and probably in hindsight should have, um, uh, if it were me, I would have, uh, in an ideal situation, would have wanted to use a different option than violence. But uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know for a second what it's like to be Will Smith, what it's like to be married to Jada, what it's like to have your um, spouse um, be ridiculed on TV. Uh, all the in, time. On TV all the time <laughs> in front of millions of people. And then to have someone who you consider a friend and a colleague to to do that uh, on not just on this occasion but on multiple occasions and then this time to do it about something that is not something that she can control in terms of her hair loss i don't know what any of that is like so i'm not going to condemn will smith as if i do know what that's like um because i've lost my temper for much less 
And I know most, uh, a lot of people have lost their temper for much less. Um, and so I'm not going to sit here and crucify him and, and act as if he did something totally um, unjustifiable or totally insane or on the same level as, you know, I'm seeing tweets of people saying, you know, he could have killed Chris Rock. Man, and I'm that, like, was, that was Judge Ap- Judd Apatow. And I was like, oh, and to me, that's probably the thing that I hate the most, like next to the people being overshadowed is right. the wildly dramatic thing pieces that have been coming out of this. Yeah, it's true. It's <laughs> truly nuts. And and to think and to think uh, and I, I could see if if the, given this scenario and this is the craziest part of it, of, of all of it to me, is the the sort of the cognitive dissonance that people are engaging in because they feel the need to virtual sig- virtue signal about how anti-violence they are. I feel like a lot of people are being very dishonest in their public um, uh, condemnation of Will Smith because the notion of protecting your wife's honor or defending your wife's um, honor or your spouse's honor, like that is something that is when a lot of these people got married, especially people in their forties and fifties, like Judd Apatow, that, that is a cornerstone of what a lot of people have promised their spouses that they would do in this very scenario. 100%. So for him, for someone like Judd Apatow, like to do to say, oh, he could have hil- killed him. To put what Will Smith did on the same continuum as murder is insane. <laughs> and it was a and it was a clear like I get it if he's if he stands over him and he's punching him mercilessly. Yes, mm-hmm. he could have killed him. I have yeah. never known a person to die from a slap. Yeah. So yeah. So that th- that being said, like, um, yeah, I, I think the most interesting thing about all of this to me has been how people are responding and or not responding to this because i feel like there's a lot of people who are not as willing to be so um uh intellectually dishonest with themselves and i think there are a lot of people who you know feel incentivized because they're in hollywood or whatever because the internet to condemn the violence but haven't said anything about that because they know in their heart of hearts they would they either would have done something similar or have told their spouse or have or have decided, you know, at some point that that's something that they would do. Um, so I think I think it's it's been interesting to see how people are responding to this. And, and and there's a lot of people who are usually have a lot to say about everything who are very quiet on this issue, which I think is very interesting Man, and hilarious. I've seen a tweet that um, have you ever seen the 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 the. Um the meme of it's Squidward with his eyes closed and then it, and then Squidward <laughs> yeah. next to him with his eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this is Hollywood actors and directors when their friends or peers commit countless sex crimes versus when they see someone get slapped one time. Right. And I'm like, man, it's just crazy how like what we see people put up with all because that's their friend mm-hmm. or because of the art or whatever, but they saw a guy get slapped on the stage and all of a sudden that's just so horrible. Like I've been seeing people call that assault, and that Chris should, Chris should mm-hmm. sue him for somebody said a hundred million, and I'm like, what are you? Where are y'all from that you mm-hmm. haven't seen someone get slapped because they said something crazy about somebody? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I I am married, I I I don't know what that's like, but I can mm-hmm. only imagine having to hold my wife at night because she's crying herself to sleep because of a, a thing that's happening to her body that she can't control. Mm-hmm. And then being with her in those vulnerable moments 
feeling like I just got her out the house. Like now we're here. We're celebrating something fantastic. I finally got nominated. Like, like mm-hmm. this is supposed to be something, a joyous moment for the family. Here's, here's her moment to finally be out, to be seen, to feel beautiful in front of all these people. And then there's a joke about something that she's sensitive about. And then he's just supposed to laugh it off because Chris is a comedian. And honestly, mm-hmm. I'm not even necessarily mad at Chris. What I'm what I'm mad at is that the idea that people think that Chris being a comedian is like a shield and that it keeps you from having people respond. Mm-hmm. And but I don't even think Chris thinks that, which is why I don't think which is why I think Chris did not press charges. I think Chris knows the game. You tell jokes about people, you run the risk of a tomato getting thrown back at you. That, that mm-hmm. that's just part of the industry, is especially when you make your career on belittling others for laughs. <clears throat> and and if I'm him, because I don't know, I just personally have a no family rule. Like there's a lot of stuff that I might say about you, but I'm mm-hmm. never gonna go after your wife. I'm never going to go after your kids. That's something different. Unless I have a moment in which I can walk up to you, Jada. I got a couple moments. They told me that I need to kind of like wing it. I had this joke in mind, but I want to make sure that you're cool with it because I don't want to embarrass you on live TV. Are you cool with it? Yes, you are. Okay, cool. No. All right, bet. And leave Mm -hmm. it at that because I don't think any comedy is worth disrespecting anybody or making someone feel like that. And I feel like if you're ever in a spot where you don't know if that's going to be the case, then that's what it is. Like, this isn't like they paid to go to a stand-up of his where they mm-hmm. know that this is possibly the outcome. Like, we're at an award, right. we're at an award show where I don't think the expectation is that you're going to be, you're going to have a joke sent at you. No, yeah. people are like, uh, Chris Rock was there doing his job and new, and everyone, everyone's a target and stuff like that. That's why I assumed Chris Rock was the host of the event. Oh, yeah, no. He didn't even tell. He took like he only told like three jokes. <laughs> like it wasn't that much, right? It's just one of them landed, <laughs> and you know. But th- that so that's kind of how I, how I feel about it. I'm I'm sure he and I can even kind of tell in his speech that he was embarrassed. I mean, he's sitting next to Denzel. He's got Sam Jackson behind him. Uh, um, there and there's even a moment someone sh- shared a steal that has. Samuel Jackson, Tyler Perry, and Denzel around him. And I'm pretty sure there is a, a feeling of embarrassment that he has because I'm he probably feels like he let down people he looks up to. And I don't think any of us have to tell him that he was wrong. I think he already knows that he probably should have done that totally different, or at least at a different space. If you want to slap Chris at the after party, then I don't think we're talking about it that much. Like, I don't think it's that even that big of a thing. But, um, yeah, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's about all I have on that. I don't know. Crazy that's night. just, that's it. And I think, um, but yeah, the way, the way time and, and news cycles nowadays, this isn't even going to be a thing. And I'll say here, I wouldn't even be shocked if next year they got Will to host the Oscars. <laughs> wow. Ima- imagine the viewership. <laughs> right. If you got Will next year 
and you know maybe you work out a deal that's like okay will we know this is wrong blah 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 you got to get up there you got to publicly state that this wasn't supposed to happen blah 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 blah, blah. will is charismatic and lighthearted enough to flip that into something because even then he said at the end of his speech like i hope the oscars invite me back you know so i think he knows in that moment like what what embarrassment that could have laid out but then i also know that this is a uh, uh, a a show that's been hurting for you know viewers, so we'll see. But anyways, man, I appreciate you for uh, for for jumping on and and uh, adding to uh, these unsolicited uh, opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm always down to give my unsolicited opinions. Oh man, <laughs> all right, man, I appreciate you. All right, man, I'll talk to you soon. All right then, later. Okay, I did want to give a moment where I wanted to uh, read off the categories and their winners, just in case you didn't have a chance, just in case this is going to be, you know, I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to go through the entire list, so bear with me. I'm just starting from a list. I don't believe that these are the most important. I'm just going for the way that this list is written. So we have for Best Picture, we had Coda, who won Best Picture. Will Smith won Best Actor. For King Richard... Jessica Chastain won Best Actress for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, Best Original Song went to No Time to Die by Billie Eilish. Best Animated Feature went to Encanto. Best Director went to Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. International Feature Film went to Drive My Car. Uh, Best Supporting Actress went to Ariana DeBose. She was in West Side Story. Best Actor went to Troy Kotsur. I hope I'm saying his name right. He's from CODA. Best documentary feature to Quest Love for um, Summer of Soul. Live action short film, The Long Goodbye for um, Riz, Riz Ahmed and, and Anil Kariya. Best original screenplay went to Belfast. Uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh for Bel- Belfast. Best original screenplay. CODA Sian, I think I'm saying that right. S-I-A-N. Header. Uh, one for Coda for best adapted screenplay, best hair and uh, best makeup and hairstyle went to the eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, best visual effects was Dune. Best original score was Dune. Best cinematography went to Greg Fraser Fraser for Dune. Joe Walker won best film editing for Dune. Best production design for Dune. Best sound design for Dune. Best costume went to. Jenny Beaven for Cruella. Best documentary short went to Ben Proudfoot for The Queen of Basketball. And best animated short film um, went to The Windshield Wiper. I believe I got it all. Yes, I did. So congratulations to all those winners. Um, Also, congratulations to all those nominated. I, I hate <laughs> I hate that there has to be the footnote, um, uh, and that's probably my biggest takeaway from here. But again, congratulations! I have been Antonio. I'm out. Come listen to my dad talk.